0: From the Bible Chapel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, comes a new podcast, so here's what I'd like to know. Over the years, senior pastor Ron Moore has received many questions ranging from deep theological thoughts regarding the end times to what does parenting look like with teenagers? We've heard your questions and we want to hear more. Join us each week as we tackle new issues with a new guest.
1: Life gets so busy sometimes. How do you balance a demanding job and family time? How can you influence your grandchildren? When you don't live
2: near them.
0: What does our church believe about the end times?
2: Where's the line between providing for my family and greed? How should I have conversations with my family who don't know God? How can we cultivate our marriage while juggling the responsibilities of young kids, jobs, and aging parents?
0: Well, thanks for joining us today. We are excited to be back with the podcast for our third episode. And today we have with us Nate Edwards and Ron Moore.
1: Nate, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nate heads up our young adults uh, ministry. And Maria, there are some questions that fit Nate and his ministry like a hand in a glove. Yeah, so. <laughs> you didn't like that analogy. I don't
2: use that analogy enough in my life. <laughs> but I will. Uh,
1: so, Nate
0: has taught some really um, great uh, messages in the Young Adult series um, on very topical things.
2: You um, You're $20 later. Oh, okay, than
0: you. thank you. Yes, I raised my my rate to 25. But anyway, so um, he has talked a lot about some of these questions. And so we thought it would be great to have Nate on the podcast to address these um, with us so that you can have these answers. So our first question um, says, when a man or a woman is in a committed relationship, meaning like long term dating, engaged or even married, is it appropriate for this person to have a friendship with someone of the opposite gender? So is it appropriate friendship for a man to be a friend with a woman, um, where personal things are discussed. What scripture supports this appropriate behavior, and is this okay?
1: This is a great question, and this is uh, certainly not theoretical. This is a very practical question. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I've dealt with this with uh, primary couples and married couples, where uh, this is um, an issue within their uh, relationship. But Nate, I'm thought to you. What do you think? A man or a woman uh, in a long-term dating, engaged, married, and they have a, uh, a, a, um, a friendship where they're discussing personal things with the man has a friend who's a woman and the woman has a friend who's a man. What do you think?
2: Yeah, so for me, I start with the design of marriage. I think God created marriage for a man and a woman. And his idea that a man would leave his father and mother, be united to his his wife, the two should become one. I think there's this really unique relationship that God has designed that's supposed to be different from all other relationships. The man and the woman is supposed to be united together in a unique way that they're not united in any other way with any other person. So I think obviously Genesis 2 that's talking about that is talking about sex but I think it's also talking about emotional intimacy and relational intimacy so as you if that's God's design of what a relationship is supposed to be like a husband and wife is supposed to be um, sharing things with each other and in deep emotionally in with each other in a unique way from any other relationship you pair that then you start applying that to Dating relationships and engaged relationships, um, I think it can get. I think it can get dangerous when um, we have quote unquote best friends or really great friends of the opposite sex. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think it can get dangerous.
1: Uh, Nate, I totally agree with you. Um, uh, a couple things here. First of all, uh, if you oh, are a long time dating relationship and engaged relationship marriage that's just part of the process right so you you date then you can engage and become married. Um, when you are committing your life to another person, uh, a man with a woman, a woman with a man, then Scripture is clear. The Scripture you just mentioned. We go to Ephesians five. We go to other passages regarding marriage. Uh, all other relationships Opposite gender relationships Are off The board They're off the table Because now your focus is on that woman Your focus is on that man And um, we, we have to be and There's someone out there listening and they're saying Well you know what I, I, I had this guy That I grew up with He was like my best friend And nothing ever happened That may be the case There's always the one off right But but Normally, uh, emotional relationships, emotional intimacy, leads to physical intimacy. So, and, and I would just
2: jump in if, even if it doesn't lead to physical intimacy, I think the design God's design is that you would be emotionally one with your spouse, right? And just just your spouse. And right. so, yeah, I think it's dangerous to have relationships with the opposite sex but I think it it can also be dangerous if you have deep emotional relationships with this with a best friend that is of the same sex that Mm -hmm. you don't also share with your spouse so I I think emotional intimacy is designed for a marriage Mm -hmm. and we should protect that we should fight for that and we should be careful in all our relationships
1: so Nate, what would you say to a guy who says look um i'm in a huddle group i am uh meeting with two or three other guys and i'm really struggling with my marriage so should i not talk to those can i not talk to those guys about the the struggles i'm having to get their advice to you know to get the help i need to help to to work through that marriage
2: No, I think God has created us for community. So, yeah, I think we should be chasing depth in our relationships. And I think it should start with our marriage. And so um, we should be chasing depth um, in our marriage. And sometimes we need um, community to help us get there. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that I, I think God designed emotional intimacy for the marriage and so we should pursue that first. And I think we should also have depth in relationships. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm totally agree with you. I think, uh, one, the uh, marriage relationship is primary. It takes precedent all over every, every other relationship, human relationship, obviously only under your relationship with the Lord. Um, and I think we have to be extremely uh, careful in what we share uh regarding our marriage with with anyone yeah. certainly those are the opposite sex but here we have you know not only a physical um intimacy but we have an emotional intimacy and that's where we want to work out the differences and the challenges and if we can go get a third party and go together that's great i think a lot of times the danger is so a guy will go to a huddle group or whatever a small group a woman will go to a small group and they share man here's my husband here's what he did you know and here first of all most of the time human nature is i agree with you you know nate you said i can't believe you know, can't believe my wife did this most of the time i'm going to say oh man can't either sorry you know sorry i'm going to agree with you uh, uh, only a true friend and there are not going to be many in your life only a true friend will say well time out right you have overreacted i don't agree with you uh, most of them will agree and so a lot of times our emotional um, spew uh, only gets supported by those in, in a group and, and and we talk about a lot with the, men, the men's ministry that with touch and you know the, even accountability a lot of times guys will go in and say so we're sitting around a table right and uh, and uh, I'm going to say yeah, I struggled with uh, you know looking at something I shouldn't have looked at. Uh, Well, the next guy might have the same struggle or a different one. So if he beats me up He doesn't want to get beat up right because we're all sinners. We're all we're all in the same. We all got stuff So in accountability relationships, it's got to be very very It's it's unique and it takes time to build where people really say I might get beat up on the next one But no, you can't do that and what's the accountability structure and you're gonna call me the next time that temptation happens you know the other thing here with uh, uh, this is you shouldn't talk to the the opposite gender. In all marriage uh, counseling that I do, and in premarital counseling, you should not bring issues to your parents because your parents love you, they birthed you, they sacrifice for you, they you know they bought you your stuff, and they they care for you like no one else, and they're going to probably agree with you. And so you have that support, not not the biblical um, uh, challenge that you really need. So I think this is a great question. Uh, to sum up, you should not have uh, a best friend other than your spouse. Yeah. You can have good friends, iron sharpens iron, but your spouse has to be that one that you are you are pouring your um, yeah. emotional energy into.
2: Yeah, I think we should be. Um, chasing depth in our relationships, but a lot of people use that. They struggle to do that in their marriage for some reason. They have some things that they haven't worked through so they'll go deep with a friend and not go deep with their spouse and so my encouragement is yeah, have deep relationships but your primary focus it should start with chasing that with your spouse. Right.
1: Just so no one misunderstands this we are talking about face-to-face conversations. We're talking about telephone conversations. We're talking about texting. We're talking about emails. We're talking about Facebook interaction. We're talking about uh, Instagram interaction. And whatever new means of communication will be out there in the next few years, uh, none of those things are appropriate uh, for someone to be involved in. I'll never forget, I, had a, I was in, during my doctoral time, I was taking a class. Uh, on uh, biblical communication and uh, the guy right before the class I got an email and the class was canceled because this guy had an inappropriate related seminary professor had an inappropriate relationship over email at that time uh, with a woman and uh, he was let go and the class was canceled which I'd already read the books which irritated me a lot. But anyway, that's another part of the story. Um, Be another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it canceled the whole class. Anyway, yeah, another podcast. Uh, it can happen in a lot of different, you know, what what we would consider um, uh, innocent conversations, even at a distance. There's a well-known Christian, quote-unquote, I'm putting quotes up, celebrity because I hate that word, who got, got involved in a, in a, in a, email conversation with a woman and then that woman came back at him and and sent a picture and then it went out publicly and the guy got in a lot of trouble so you cannot be too careful that's just that's just protecting yourself but we're talking here about protecting your marriage protecting the intimacy and as you say uh, how do you say it depth pouring depth how do you say that
2: yeah chasing depth chasing
1: depth in in the relationship i like that
2: Great. If I could say one more thing. I think, no, you, you can't. Okay, moving on to the next <laughs> question. No, please <laughs> um, I think m- most Christians that listen to this, I, I, I think they would say, yeah, I don't have a... Uh, uh, most Christians that are married, um, I would say, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a best friend that is the opposite gender. Like, this isn't an issue for me. So this could appear on the surface level to be very black and white. Oh, this is simple. Mm-hmm. I think it gets really gray, especially at work especially um, on the school PTA, especially sports teams, you will develop relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Bible over and over again, um, we have whole books devoted to wisdom. God has given us wisdom of how we should work within the world that he's created. So we need to be careful with how we navigate relationships. We're not going to be able to distance ourselves in. St- not talk to mm-hmm. the opposite sex, but we need to be able to do that in a way that is wise, respectful, guarding our marriages and also being a part of um, the gospel call that mm-hmm. we have on our lives. So this can um, be, be it, it can be difficult to apply because relationships will happen, but we need to be very careful. Mm-hmm. I think um
1: you you know you can't fly blind right so you know that's going to happen you're going to have to have those relationships you're going to have to have those interactions and they and knowing what we know we want to make sure the boundaries are up uh, those relationships are healthy and we never we never step over the line and if we would step over if we feel ourselves stepping over the line then we that red flag goes up. And we call it time out, and then we fix what what needs to be fixed there. Yeah. right. So I think that's a great point. You can't not excuse a double negative, but you can't not interact with the opposite sex. Yeah. And you can do it in a healthy um, uh, biblical uh, spiritual way, uh, guided by the Holy Spirit and under control of the Holy Spirit, that uh, that edifies, your walk with christ and if it's in the church edifies the body instead of uh tearing it down
2: and for me there's two things that i try to do um to navigate this well one i'm really open and honest with my wife we we talk through this and and try to make sure we're on the same page um, with boundaries and um, interactions uh, where we feel comfortable secondly um, I have accountability in my life. I have uh, someone that I talk to every Tuesday night for about an hour that I am just just really open with, Say these are the things going on in my life. So I would just encourage, um, as we wade into the complexity that is life, that we, are really, we have really good communication, that we are really open and honest with our spouses, and we have people in our lives that we're really open and honest with. Yeah.
1: Great point, great point. Maria? You have another question for us.
0: Yes. <clears throat> All right. So our next question says Are there different types of sin? While holding our Living Grounded Bible study, my sister had questions concerning physical sin versus spiritual sin. Is there a difference between sins? What scriptures would best help us to discuss this area of our lives?
1: All right. Nate, start with you. That's a great question. Are there different types of
2: sin? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I think about this question, I go to uh, 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writes, starting in verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither that sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And so, if the question is, are there different types of sin? Um, I think Paul makes it really clear here that we are, as people, a broken mess, and all of, all sin separate us from God. And God has come to fix what is broken in us. And so, personally, um, I think things that we consider as Um, Not that big of a deal, sin and other things that we see as huge problem, sin. I think all of that, all of it reveals that we are guilty and in need of a Savior. So on the high level, I would say that um, I think all sin separates us from God and requires that we need um, a radical solution.
1: Right. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, We are all sinners we're all we're we're all have our issues i think uh, every person has a a uh, a sin or an area of sin that we're just susceptible to Um, i'm not smart enough to know why that temptation is so great you know in one person's life another person will say well that temptation i don't i'm not there but i'm really tempted by this it's an interesting question physical sin versus spiritual sin this was the whole uh, this was a big part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, uh, physical sin is obvious and it's outward, and um, Jesus used that to say, "The law says, you know, physical sin. Don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if a man lusts for a woman in his heart, spiritual sin. Right? He didn't do. He didn't commit adultery physically, but spiritually." Then Jesus said, you've committed adultery in your heart. You know, the law says don't murder anyone. Uh, I say to you, if you hate your brother, that's equivalent to murder. And so I think this is a great question because this is really the question that Jesus was that answered over and over and over to the, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders in the New Testament. They said i didn't commit adultery i didn't kill anyone Hmm. uh you know you can't catch me in any in any lie therefore i'm good jesus said you're right you didn't kill anyone you haven't had adultery there's no record of any lie but you've lusted in your heart it's the same thing you have uh he he takes sin and says this is a different level so there there's a there's a sin is sin so we would say it like this sin is sin and there is a spiritual aspect of sin that leads to a physical aspect of sin so a person right hates in his heart that that he's angry that anger becomes hatred and then if it's not controlled it either eats him alive or he goes and he he works it out He, he murders he hurts or murders someone uh, if a person uh, allows lust to fester in his heart his or her heart and it continues to fester and fester it either damages it damages relationships that he has and may well lead to physically acting it out and so i think jesus is saying yeah there there's the spiritual conception of sin right and the physical acting out of sin it's all sin it starts spiritually and ends up physically
2: yeah i mean i was looking at uh, luke chapter 6 the other day and jesus is talking about out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks and so yeah like i i can sin by the way that i use my words i can gossip about people i can be harsh towards people that is sin but at the end of the day what jesus is saying is a reflection that there's something going on in my heart that he's got to fix. And so I would just think about this question slightly differently. I thought your explanation was great. I, I think physical sin, a lot of times looks like the symptoms. and I think the spiritual sin, um, a lot of times looks like the root. I think mm-hmm. that there's a root issue going on and it's going to play itself out in different ways. And we, our responsibility is not to just address the symptom. We need to go back and ask the lord and pursue holiness so that he can heal Mm -hmm. the root so to play that out um you know
1: so let's say okay we're we're not a liar right so we don't go around telling lies at the same time we can be we can tell ourselves lies we can be self-deceiving oh yeah um same with murder the hatred that precedes that same with adultery, the lust that precedes that. Another part of this question is, well, okay, if sin is sin, then, you know, if I, uh, if I'm walking through the house, and you know, bang my head against something, and I say a word I shouldn't say, or if I commit murder, if sin is sin, are both of those the same? So we would say this, first of all, the definition of sin is missing the mark. The picture is a target, and someone shooting an arrow. So I shoot the arrow. I miss the I miss the mark. So swearing and murder is both missing the mark. Both are sin. Certainly, there are different consequences to our sin. If I'm going through the house and bump my head and say a word I shouldn't say, there uh, is the con. I I, I send. Uh, There is the consequence of that sin Maybe Lori my wife heard me And That's That's not good leadership And maybe my children heard me And that's not good parenting But that's kind of where it ends right I shouldn't have said that And That's too bad But if I go kill someone (laughs) I go to prison And so certainly Throughout scripture Sin Is sin Sin is missing the mark And Look at the Old Testament there were different consequences for different sin so i think this is a great question yeah sin is sin it's missing the mark and the consequences vary depending on uh you know the act now let me say it this way um if i am angry with someone but i never show it it's just inside there are going to be consequences to that too because I'm going to eat myself alive. I'm going to have a bitter spirit. It's going to show up in different ways. Yeah. And even if it never showed up outside still, I'm, 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 I'm sinning because I'm continuing to let that bitterness flow and, 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 and just, uh, having an an acidic heart spiritually speaking.
2: Yeah. I
1: think so. Yeah. So I think this is a, go ahead. This is a great question. And I think it's a, I think it's a great question. Um, and really allows us to think through, uh, you know, Scripture's definition of sin and the consequences of sin. Go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, sin has different consequences. God cares how we live. Like God has called us, as He has saved us, He's rescued us, and He's called us into holiness. So it matters how we live. On the opposite side of this question, I think some people, um, it it could become a temptation for them to view sin as a hierarchy. Um, as you start thinking about the different consequences for sin, some people can get locked in their mind. There are things that are good to do, things that are are, are not, uh, things that are bad to do. And the, the, then there's things that are really bad to do. And for some people, um, this could create a lot of guilt and shame in them and feel like they're disqualified of ever being used by god and there's some people who carry deep shame that cripples them in their christian life and so i I think this is um, really important for people to remember that that jesus went to the cross and he rose from the grave that going back to first corinthians 6 gives paul gives the whole list of all like all the things that um, keep people from the kingdom of God. And then he says, and so were some of you. I just think it's so important to remember that um, God God has called us to holiness. God wants us to live um, in righteousness and God redeems anyone. God can redeem anyone. God can heal the most broken of people and restore people. That doesn't mean that um, there won't be consequences for what you've done but God can fix what is you, what what is broken in you. So I just want to encourage some folks out there who feel disqualified or feel like they've done something that they can never recover from. And I'm just saying that that is who God is. I mean just think of the apostle Paul. He was a he was a murderer and God redeemed his life. Just look at any character from the Old Testament. They're they're not uh, heroes of the faith. They're a mess. Just read Abraham's story and you'll like cringe some of the interactions that he's had god that's what the bible is about god saves broken people so i just want to encourage some folks today
1: yeah, yeah. so that's a great point that's a great point and um, um so great point and the ba- the balance it's hard to balance mm-hmm. um so um some people will take God's grace and become uh, what we call in theology, antinomian, right? Yeah, the law you no know law. the law doesn't doing the right thing really doesn't matter. It's just all about grace. God will forgive me. I remember I remember confronting a guy who had an affair. Well, look what you're doing to your family against God. you know well, God will forgive me. That's true. Right, and he's hurting a lot of people along the way so I think there's uh, First Corinthians talks about um, worldly sorrow and godly sorrow worldly sorrow means I'm sorry I got caught it's embarrassing when I uh, talk to people who had an affair I always say okay are you sorry you sinned against God are you sorry you got caught um, some people don't appreciate that but that's really the crux of the matter and then there becomes repentance am i really sorry and do i want to change do i want to just be forgiven to make my conscience feel better or am i really sorry for this and i want to change and so repentance i am sorry i want to change i can't do it on my own uh god i your spirit you know, has to make me want to change. That's the godly sorrow. Then forgiveness, you know, really comes. So I think, I think we we always have to think through the process of oh, you know, because let's just face it, a lot of Christians are very flippant about forgiveness. Oh, shouldn't have done that. God, I'm sorry. Thanks for forgiving me. You know, you're gracious. Appreciate it. You're gracious. You you'll forgive me. That's true. And, and there are consequences to sin and that flippant understanding of the death of christ on the cross for our sin and his ushering in of grace in our life we never want to take forgiveness for granted or treat it flippantly
0: yeah
1: and so there's a that could be a whole nother discussion about you know um, uh, not being stuck in the sin of our past i'm not saying that But the other side of that is is being flippant about forgiveness.
2: Yeah, I I, I love the tension in the Bible. I just think (laughs) it's everywhere that God saves the most broken of people and yet he calls um, people who have a new life who have been changed and redeemed to live differently. If you look at the letter to the Ephesians, there's 40 something commands that the Apostle Paul tells them to do. This is what you should do. And out of all of those commands, it do, they don't begin until chapter 4, other than one of them which is about remembering. Mm-hmm. The first three chapters, Paul says, this is what God has done for you and because God has done this for you and this is who you are now, now this is your new activity. And so I, I think the Apostle Paul is always pointing back to our identity in Christ before he points to our activity. So you, Mm -hmm. I think you're so right. Like you have to hold these tensions together that God has saved you and he can save anybody. And let's not let our past define us. And now let's walk in holiness and we need Mm -hmm. the spirit to do that. So yeah, you gotta hold these tensions together.
1: Well, that's a great point. And that's why we try here to emphasize so much uh, our spiritual identity, right? That in Christ we're safe, we're significant we are accepted we're forgiven and we're empowered uh, because you're right it, it goes back to who am i in Christ and that identity defines me not who I was beforehand you read those sent those uh, that list of sin yeah I was the one or more of those people right but now because of Christ I'm different and he's called me to to follow hard after him and to live in in the way that he desires Not after my own flesh, although I'm going to fall back into that sometime. But when I do, then thank God for his grace, which leads to repentance, which uh, leads to forgiveness. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Nate. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome.
0: Thanks, guys, for joining us. We had a really great discussion today, and as always, in the show notes, we will have links and notes on what was discussed. And as we look at what we talked about today, there is a lot of heavy stuff here, and if you're struggling with anything or want to talk with someone, please email us at prayer at ronmore.org. We would love to pray for you um, and talk to you and help you get connected with um, someone if you need to um, just talk to a, a counselor or anything like that. So we would love to connect with you in that way. And another way we'd love to connect with you is if you would please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. By doing this, this allows us to get more exposure in the app store and so other people can see this. And so we would love for you to share it with people and give us a rating and review. We love to hear from you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We love being able to address these questions. And you can send additional questions to me, Maria Stockman, at mstockman at biblechapel.org. We talked about a lot of really great things today, and if you'd like to check out the show notes, visit biblechapel.org forward slash no podcast that's biblechapel.org forward slash k-n-o-w podcast check out new episodes released every thursday at 12 p.m eastern time thanks for joining us and see you next time this episode was produced by maria stockman mixed and edited by simon james and brian plaster music by christy stockdale and cover art by andrew johnson Special thanks to the Bible Chapel Media Services team for their hard work and great questions.